Yeah, just tell just when you intro the show, just say, you know, we'll be back with our sound will be back next week, but we had a last minute uh I'll computer to my issue. Bathroom. Send help. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> Welcome one and all to episode one hundred and seventeen of the original draft breakdown podcast. I'm your host, Seth Cox, with me tonight. My co-host, Justin Higdon, and Justin, we're running 30 minutes behind because of some technical difficulties on my end, so sound might be a little different tonight. We apologize in advance for that. Um, but hey, you know, if you want to if you want to help out, uh, subscribe to our Patreon, and that, that'll get me uh, back on the road again quickly. No, I'll have to get a new computer either way, but... Uh, yeah, so if it's a little different tonight, we apologize. Uh, trying to make do with what we've got all of a sudden. So, uh, but Justin, last week SEC, this week the Big Ten and fourteen teams in the uh, Big Ten to discuss, and only what two, maybe three of them matter. Well, I, I think yeah, I mean. Really, one of them does uh, for the last several years, but there are there are a few other good teams that we'll talk about here. Um, like Seth said, sound might be a little off tonight, but the show must go on, especially when we're talking about a conference that's you know one of the biggest in the country. I mean, definitely after the SEC, I think most people will think of the Big Ten uh, as the as the number two conference in the country most years, and we'll bring you the other conferences here soon. Um, I've got some college football previews up on the Patreon site. It's $4 for the generational tier. That'll give you access to all the articles as well as the bonus episodes. It's 2 bucks for that bonus episode every week. And we're going to be uh, continuing our Big Ten talk on the Patreon episode later this week. So, yeah, Seth, you, you kind of prefaced it. Uh, you know, m- whereas the SEC is a deeper roster of teams... The Big Ten might not seem like it, but we do have a lot of good, uh, a lot of tough teams and good players to talk about tonight. Obviously, we'll start with Ohio State. Uh, we're uh, going in order of the way Athlon College Football Preview Magazine had these teams ranked. These again, uh, if you listened to us last week, these are not our rankings, but we'll give you their order and uh, kind of talk about each team. OSU. They've got win in the East. They actually have predicted OSU to go undefeated this year despite having a new quarterback. They're going to have a quarterback competition. It seems like it's down to C.J. Stroud and Kyle McCord. And Stroud looks like the favorite to win that job. He was there last year. But, you know, Justin Fields was there, and nobody else threw a pass last year. So I, I still think this is an open competition, but Stroud seems to be the front runner. You have only 10 returning starters on this Ohio State football team. They still picked Ohio State to go undefeated, 13-0. and And there's only four returning starters on, on defense. So, I don't know. I, I, I think we talked about this probably on the Patreon show. But this would have been uh, in early June. But I think this could be a year where Ohio State might lose a game or two in the regular season. Yeah, but with the way the SEC is shaping up this year, unless you get an undefeated, two undefeated teams in the SEC championship game, um, one loss for the for Ohio State is really nothing. Um, and we talked about it a little bit too. Georgia, they open with Clemson, 
And so they could end up having one loss already. So Ohio State gets kind of that one loss uh, buffer to play with just because of what it looks like is going to happen around the rest of the, the country right now is that there's really no dominant, you know, team um, where you can stake your claim to. I know people really like Oklahoma. Um, our own producer, Robert Bond, is a big Oklahoma guy. But they also have to prove that they can win a, a playoff game before, you know, you're going to go and stake them to be the number one team in the nation. When you look at Ohio State this year, they're the class of the Big Ten East by a lot. But they're also what seems like the class of the Big Ten by a comfortable amount. They return only 10 starters, but you look at those 10 starters and most of them are on offense. There's a reason that they're predicted to be 13-0 in the Big Ten. It's because not many of these teams are very good defensively. Penn State usually being the lone exception with Wisconsin. Um, in the Big Ten West, and, you know, it's only usually in the championship game that they play them. I don't see any reason Ohio State doesn't go 13-0, but predicting um, an undefeated season is tough and un- unfair to a lot of teams. I, I think 12-1 and heading into the, the Big Ten championship game um, against uh, Wisconsin um, or Iowa or, you know, who knows, maybe Minnesota steps up this year. Um, under P.J. Fleck, what is this, his fourth year there, third year, fourth year? Uh, but Ohio State is the class of the Big Ten again, um, especially the Big Ten East, which just has been devastated by the Michigan State um, issues there. Yeah, let's talk about OSU's schedule really quickly. Um, you mentioned Fleck. that Buckeyes actually start on the road at Minnesota. And I feel like that could be a trap game because P.J. Fleck has coached really well against Ohio State back when he, he faced off against Urban Meyer, uh, both with Western Michigan and, and with Minnesota, gave the Buckeyes a tough, tough games. They still ended up, uh, Buckeyes still end up winning those games, but I think Minnesota could be a tough out. Um, it's definitely, they're not going to be a walkover on week one. And then you've got Oregon week two. And then they, the Buckeyes have to go on the road and play Indiana and Michigan uh, this year. So, I mean, it, I feel like they could lose one of those games. Uh, however, the odds makers right now, they have them as double-digit favorites in, in every game early on. So, um, certainly the odds makers seem to agree with you that Ohio State is the cream of the crop and, and that uh, they're not really going to be challenged too much. Uh, one of the teams that could challenge them, though, is Penn State. And Penn State, they will have to go on the road to Columbus to play the Buckeyes. They also have to go on the road to Wisconsin and to Iowa. We know those are two tough places to play on the road. Penn State is trying to get their offense going. And they have hired a new offensive coordinator, and his name is Mike Yurkic. And this coach is now in his fourth school in four years. He was at Oklahoma State. He was then at uh, Ohio State for a year. Then he was at Texas for a year. And now he's on his fourth stop in four years. So they're looking to get some momentum out of Mike Yurkich. Maybe something to change it. Sean Clifford's going to be returning as a quarterback. And they have a dangerous receiver in Jahan Dotson. They're going to have a running back tandem. They've got uh, a couple of young running backs there. 
So what do you think of Penn State? Is this a team good enough? They certainly weren't even close to Ohio State's level last year in a messed up 2020 COVID year. Can they get back to where they can be a tough out for Ohio State? A lot's going to depend on development of key guys. They lost key players on defense, um, and they got to have guys step up and, and turn it on um, if they're going to take that next step. You know, obviously, uh, Micah Parsons didn't play for them last year. That that clearly hurt them. They got a banged up. Um, the tight end that left was banged up almost all season, barely played. That hurt them. Uh they're going to have to prove that they can one stay healthy, but two, that they've got the guys to, to compete because even that their top picks that went out last year, didn't even play last year or played rarely. So it wasn't like they were, it wasn't like they were, you know, had a bunch of guys that were in there making, that were difference makers that they lost. They didn't really lose anybody, but the the kid uh, that ended up in Baltimore. What, what was his name? Uh, Odafe Owe. Yeah, o- Owe um, was really, and he, had, and he didn't have any sacks. He right. He was the only you know quote unquote difference maker yeah. uh, on on the roster that left that was active last year. Um, I I just I just don't see it, but. You never know with Penn State. I mean, they're they they have one of the best home field advantages in all of college football. That's one of the coolest places to go see a game, especially a night game, um, especially a night game in November. But I just don't know if they'll be you know playing meaning meaningful football at that point in time. And really, the team that I like more than any to give Ohio State problems again is Indiana, who's number three in the Big Ten East. They return their top player at at quarterback, um, you know, uh, Michael Penix Jr. They return their top two wide receivers. Um, They've got a really talented offense. And we go back to Ohio State real quick, not to beat the drum on Ohio State too much, but as you said, only four of their guys are returning on on defense. So their defense is going to have to really play up to speed um, if they're going to compete in, in the Big Ten East. Yeah, Penix lit up Ohio State uh, over 400 yards passing, and his main target was Ty Freifogel. They, they burned Ohio State secondary all day long. And Freifogel's back this year. He was the Big Ten wide receiver of the year last year. Uh, Penix was is the top-rated returning passer in the Big Ten. He had the highest quarterback rating of any returning passer. Uh, and his season, of course, they were having a great season. His season was cut short with a knee injury. Um, Athlon has them going 8-4, and four, which would be even with Penn State as far as the predictions go. And uh, we look at at Indiana. Yeah, they, they did lose their gadget guy, Wap Fillior, but they get their tight end, Peyton Hendershot, back. They have young running backs to step in for Stevie Scott. Indiana uh, Indiana looks like a team on the rise, and a, certainly a program on the rise. And, and uh, they 
only lost to Ohio State by one touchdown when all was said and done. It was a barn burner, 42-35, but they were tight with Ohio State because of that passing offense. So OSU's going to have to get better secondary play. And they, again, they will be on the road facing the Hoosiers this year. Uh, Indiana also is going on the road to, like you said, a tough Penn State. And they're also on the road at Ann Arbor. So not an easy Big Ten schedule for the Hoosiers, but certainly they looked like a team on the rise. And uh, speaking of Michigan, they have nine returning starters on defense coming back. Uh, they're going to have a quarterback competition, though. Cade McNamara stepped in late in the year, and he threw five touchdowns with no picks. And he's going to get competition from a hotshot freshman recruit who's from uh, a hotshot freshman who's actually from my neck of the woods. He he went to uh, I believe he's from Lagrange Park, Illinois, but he played last season at IMG Academy. That's JJ McCarthy. And if you're on Twitter, you've probably seen this guy throwing some trick shot, Alex Tanny type of passes. But again, uh, you've got nine starters coming back for the Wolverines. This is a team that only went two and four last year. They could net. They just could not get anything going on offense. And, you know, now you've got this, they, they haven't changed coordinators. Josh Gaddis is still there as the OC. I don't even think he was really the problem. It was just a, the quarterback play has been terrible under Harbaugh. He hasn't been able to develop anyone. And uh, McNamara just looked like the best of the lot by the end of the year. So this isn't a team. Athlon's proje- projecting another 7-5 and five season out of the Wolverines. So nobody seems to have faith in Harbaugh at all. I was kind of surprised he was he's back this year. Yeah, and seven and five seems to be about the consensus of where people think Michigan ends up. Um, the talent's not dry, but it hasn't been developed. Would you kind of agree with that statement? Yes, but as it goes on, as this goes on, they haven't beaten Ohio State since 2011. The talent's now starting to dry up. You know, you've got Ohio State, I believe. They, uh, let me check this because I actually got a text earlier today. Ohio State has a class coming in next uh, next year, or I'm sorry, this year in uh, their 2021 recruiting class. So these are going to be freshmen next year. They've got eight of the top 100 players. Michigan has a class with two guys in the top 100. So as more seasons go on like this and more recruiting cycles go on, you can see the gap widening. You know, Ohio State just got the number one defensive line recruit, a late commit, and Michigan doesn't have a guy like that in this class. So, uh, yeah, it's not that they can't get any talent. It's that they can't recruit talent on anywhere close to Ohio State's level. And this is something that Harbaugh was supposed to – he was supposed to be the magic elixir for this problem, and instead, it's just gotten it's just gotten worse. I mean, it's, really, is his record any better than Rich Rodriguez or Brady Hoax? Next, we got Maryland coming in at number five. Uh, they're running out a new defense coordinator or offense coordinator, excuse me, Dan Enos, who was at Cincinnati, and offensive consistency was the issue for Maryland last year. They had games where they couldn't be stopped. Uh, ask Minnesota about that. and But then there were games against Rutgers and 
and um, Northwestern, who Northwestern wasn't too bad last year, uh, where they couldn't get anything going. Um, yeah, but I mean, Northwestern beat them forty-three to three. Yeah, it was, it was a it was an annihilation, and Maryland was probably ravaged by COVID more than any other team, only playing five games all last year. And so we'll see what happens because they bring back uh, Talia Tagabailoa, who doesn't really have any competition now that the the D one AA transfer Reese Udinsky uh, tours ACL. So it's really um, Tagabailoa's job, and they've got a decent offense, like we said. It's just all about consistency, which there was literally zero last year. They're trying to rebuild this program from the ground up. Mike Loxley is their coach. And Loxley has been around some winning programs, but as a head coach, he is 8-43 and 43 in his career. I think he was back – it was back in the day he was at either New Mexico that, or New Mexico is, State. Is that bad? It's, it's not good. It's not good. He's 6-17. and 17. But he's trying to he's he's trying to you know get coaches in there that have some pedigree too. And with Dan Enos coming in, he's coming from Cincinnati. Cincinnati's been an up and coming, probably the top group of five school team as we approach and, and enter this twenty twenty one season. So we've seen him have some success at, at Cincinnati with Desmond Ritter. They'll try and get Tagovailoa going, and he's got a couple of good receivers: Dante Demas and uh, Raheem Jarrett. So a couple of good. Uh, Demas is going to be a senior this year. Jarrett, I believe, is a sophomore, but was a big time recruit. So he's got a couple of targets to work with, but they just, like you said, they've got to have consistency. And th- this has kind of been a problem with Maryland for for a few years, where they'll just have players. I remember Anthony McFarland Jr destroying Ohio State, rushing for over 300 yards and pushing Ohio State into overtime in a game that uh, that the Buckeyes were supposed to roll a few years ago. But ultimately, Maryland went down. So that's, it's uh, it's been a rough go. Loxley 6-17 and 17 as I coach Maryland. He's got to uh, – they've got to have some improvement. And Athlon actually is predicting that they will be a 500 team this year. Um I don't know. <laughs> they have a lot to prove for me. They were two and three last year, but uh, if you look at their schedule, out of conference toughest game is West Virginia, and then they have um, they get to play Penn State at home. Indiana is a home game for them, and Michigan is as well. But they've got to travel to Ohio State, so maybe six and six is is realistic. They'll certainly have to win all of their non conference games, I think, to get there. Rutgers is next, and they've been fairly awful for a while. The craziest thing about Rutgers last year was they had their best offensive season since 2015 in only nine games. So it's, it's that Greg Schiano magic. They scored. They went three and six, but they averaged 26.7 points per game. Which is not bad, honestly. Um, but the crazy thing was that's 240 points. The last time they scored over 220 points in a season was in 2015 when they scored 325. Um, 
they're still an awful program, but they return, um, I believe, all 11 starters on offense. They do have some key positional battles coming in, but, I mean, when you're talking about the best offense in, in the school's last uh, five seasons, that's kind of, well, one, sad, but it's also a good thing. Um I'm actually surprised that they're they're behind uh, Maryland and, and even Michigan at this point. Not because I expect Rutgers to be good, but they, you know, at least were improving and returned a lot of guys where it feels like Michigan was not good and didn't is not returning a ton of guys and Maryland um, was super inconsistent. So yeah, Rutgers pushed Michigan to into overtime last year and only lost by six points. So, yeah, they're kind of the opposite of Michigan, I guess, where, where they have uh, – Athlon has them with 10 returning starters on offense, Rutgers, and with Michigan returning nine on, on defense. So they're kind of mirror images of each other, I guess. But um, – or bizarro versions of each other, however you want to put that. Uh, it I, I don't know if I'd put them ahead of Michigan right now, but it does seem like they – they could be ahead of, of uh, Maryland. And you've got some players that, that put up some good stats on their team, um, notably Bo Melton, the receiver, kind of gadget guy for them. And he is returning for an extra – he's taking advantage of that extra year of eligibility and is going to play again for Rutgers this year. Uh, I think – honestly, I think Rutgers has more momentum than Maryland at this point. And like you said, with the offense – 42 points against Michigan, 27 points in a loss to Ohio State. But they were moving the ball, and that's something that we hadn't seen uh, out of Rutgers in years. So I think there are some positive things going. Athlon's got them going 4-8. and eight. I think they actually could do better than that. Um, a program that's absolutely tanked. And uh, now Mel Tucker is, is going to be in his second year as their head coach. Michigan State. I mean, this is a team... Not too long ago, like Connor Cook was their quarterback, and they were playing in the Big Ten championship game. It was only five years ago, right? So now they are projected to maybe be a four-win team. That's what Athlon has them at, four wins. And if you look at them last year, they were 2-5 and five in a shortened season. The thing about Michigan State is they are adding two key transfers at two positions of need. And that's quarterback Anthony Russo. He's coming over from Temple, where he has starting experience, and he's expected to start this year for the Spartans. And a running back that we've talked about on the Patreon show, uh, Kenneth Walker III, is coming over from Wake Forest, and he was a one. He was over a thousand yard rusher for the Wake Forest program. So, a couple key additions. They've got some veteran uh, defensive players coming back. And they have a couple of uh, exciting receivers as well, and Jaden Reed and Jalen Naylor. A couple of speedsters there. So maybe uh, with Russo at quarterback, they can push the ball a little bit more. We'll see. Uh, Michigan State, though, looks to be bringing up the bottom of the Big Ten East. That moves us to the Big Ten West, where Wisconsin is, again, favored to win the Big Ten West. Um, I think they're pretty much favored every year in the Big Ten West, and then they either um, 
roll through the Big Ten West and then get blown out in the Big Ten Championship game, or they lay two eggs during the season and then end up not playing in the Big Ten Championship game. But being in it the last weekend of the season, uh, they might have the best non-Ohio State quarterback, would you agree, with Graham Mertz? He definitely looked like it when you looked at his first start. He went out and threw five touchdowns in a win um, in primetime. And people were talking about him as a first-round pick. He was only a redshirt freshman last year, obviously not not draft-eligible. But he's a redshirt sophomore this year. He is draft-eligible. And there's going to be more scrutiny on him because he didn't play well down the stretch for them. So uh, Wisconsin started out the season hot, but then they finished 4-3. and three. And uh, Mertz threw those five TDs in the first game. He went uh, the rest of the season, I think he had four touchdowns and five picks. So hot start will only get you so far. I, I like Mertz as a prospect, but I think he has a ton to prove. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you. He's the – he does appear to be the best non-Ohio State quarterback in the conference this year, at least who's coming back. Um, maybe Penix, you could put him in there. But, um, you know, Mertz, had, Mertz come, came in as a hot shot, big-time recruit for Wisconsin. I think one of their best, if not their biggest, quarterback recruit in program history. And he gets uh, perhaps his favorite weapon or most reliable in Jake Ferguson. He's back as a redshirt senior this year, and I think he's a really – a good talent at tight end. I think he could be a move himself into the day two range. So uh, you've Athlon's not giving the Big Ten West very much respect. They've got Wisconsin winning the West with a nine and four record. So they're projecting them to to get into the Big Ten championship game with three losses and then lose in the Big Ten championship game. They've got home games versus Penn State, Michigan, Iowa. And they play Notre Dame in Chicago. So they're getting their tough matchups either at home or, in the case against Notre Dame, in a neutral location. Although Chicago people uh, are probably going to be more inclined to root for Notre Dame at a game in Soldier Field. So we'll, it's interesting to see that. They'll also face that Notre Dame game is interesting, too, because their former quarterback, their former starter, Jack Cohn, is going to be starting for Notre Dame probably. So uh, you can see that's not a real, not a, a cakewalk of a schedule, but they get to avoid the Buckeyes unless they get into that Big Ten championship game. Iowa comes in number two, had a solid season last year, uh, but their offenses continue to be um, boring old Big Ten football. Um, and I'm not sure it's going to get much better with Spencer Petras as their quarterback. I believe he only completed 57% of his passes last year, which is not good. Um, in fact, it's bad. But, you know, what are you going to do when you don't have any receivers either? So they they do have some interesting weapons, um, and their offensive line is Iowa, so their offensive line is always going to be good. This year, Tyler Linderbaum looks like the first-round talent, um, and Tyler Goodson Jr. looks like he can play. Um, and, and he had a nice season as his first as the lead back. In, they only played eight games, I believe, last year, correct? Right. They went six and two. Uh, in in their uh, abbreviated schedule, so like you said, a pretty good good season. They weren't lighting it up on offense. I think it's 
I think a lot of it's just uh, that's Kirk Ferentz. You know, he's been there 22 years. That's his style. That's how he's winning. He wins. Uh, he he puts together good seasons there. Sometimes every few years he puts together a Big Ten uh, championship contending team. We saw that a few years ago. Um, but that's his style. He's never going to be flashy. I mean, we could say they didn't have receivers, but they had Amir Smith-Marset, who was drafted by the Minnesota Vikings, and they had Brandon Smith, who went on to uh, be, hook up as an undrafted free agent in the NFL. So the NFL still thinks their receivers can play, but they're never going to have those glitzy big stat numbers that we see out of these other programs. So uh, Iowa... They are at home this year against Indiana and Penn State, but they have a tough road schedule. They are playing against the preseason sixth-ranked Iowa State Cyclones. They're on the road there in Ames. Also on the road to Wisconsin. And although Northwestern often has a ton of visiting fans in attendance, they are on the road in on the road again at Northwestern this year. So, um, which is the defending West champion team. So uh, I would, Athlon's got them at eight and four, uh, which would be close to challenging Wisconsin. So I guess it might come down to that Wisconsin-Iowa matchup. Minnesota's third, um, P.J. Fleck returns the Road Big Ten running back. Yeah, Big Ten running back of the year, Muhammad Ibrahim. Uh, Tanner Morgan comes back as their veteran quarterback. I believe he's a – is he a junior or is he a senior this year? Oh, I think he's a senior. He's uh, – let's double check on that. But yeah, I've got Tanner Morgan down as a redshirt junior. That's according to this. But he is uh, definitely in, going into his fourth season. So, And then they're trying to, you know, move on without one of their top playmakers um, in the kid that Justin loved coming out. What was his name? <laughs> Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman. Yeah, Rashad Bateman has moved on. So they're going to be leaning a little bit more on Ibrahim, you would assume. Um, I don't know how much more they could lean on him. That kid was – he had like 30, 30, 35 carries in some of those games last year. Yeah, that's nothing. I mean, yeah. uh, what's there to worry about? Uh, but, you know, when you look at Minnesota, P.J. Fleck has done okay. But the reality is he's not lived up to the hype or expectation of taking Minnesota to the next level. Um, you know, they're 50 or 26 and 19 with him as the coach. Um that's not again. That's not bad, but you would you, you. It'll be interesting to see if they can take the next step or not. Yeah, it's not bad. It's it's Minnesota, so that's not terrible. But uh, it's yeah. It, I think there was more expected of him. He was such a hot name coming out of Western Michigan. Um, Morgan, let me correct myself. I was right the first time. He is a senior. In fact, he's a redshirt senior this year. So. Uh, they've got a, again, they've got that Ohio state game week one, and then they're on the road at Iowa and Indiana, and then they're home versus Wisconsin to close out the year. 
Northwestern, I don't have a ton to say about them except I, I thought it was no I thought their uh, schedule was notably soft going into that 10-23 matchup this year against Michigan. So um they do have the well, you, uh You mentioned ahead. you mentioned Iowa and the yearly not yearly but you know the annual Iowa gets to a gets to the Big Ten Championship. I feel like Northwestern is similar in that way. Like, yeah, I think they've even done it, it more recently because uh, they got to the Big Ten Championship against last Ohio year, State. Yeah. With Yeah, last year and a couple years ago when they uh, faced Ohio State in uh, Dwayne Haskins, I believe. Yeah, and so that's the thing with Northwestern is that he's – they lost – I mean, they lost two first-rounders, which is like basically gutting that program, right? But – they, you know, they're the ones that come back in two or three years and at least compete. I do expect them to take a step back this year because of just, I mean, like we said, we're semi-joking, but the reality is um, they're, it, it's going to be hard to replace, you know, guys in, in Greg Newsome and, and Rashawn Slater. Rashawn Slater. And I know Slater didn't play last year, but. You know, it'll be tough to replace Newsom and to have even, the same expectations. Even bigger than that, I mean, uh, they're only bringing back seven starters on right and all together, all together. So well, that team was a very veteran team last year. Well, and they went they went the uh, transfer route. I mean, you look at what they did. South Carolina transfer um, Ryan Helinski. Helinski, yeah. And then Clemson transfer Hunter Johnson. Right, he's been there a couple uh, of years. He just wasn't able to to beat to win the job. And they had and they had got, transfer last year Peyton Ramsey, who had transferred from Indiana. He was their starter yeah. last year. And then you know you've got running backs Drake Anderson and from that came from Arizona, and then um, Isaiah Bowser from Miami of Ohio. And he actually transferred transfer. away to Miami. Ohio. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And then, but they brought in a Bowling Green transfer. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, Andrew Claire. So, I mean, they're, they're going the, uh, they're going the restock via the <laughs> transfer portal route. That's the quickest um, way to do it these days. Nebraska comes in at five and Adrian Martinez is back for his 17th year <laughs> as the starting quarterback at Nebraska. Everyone else transferred I, out. Yeah, no. <laughs> the, that team loses so many key transfers. I mean, uh, Luke McCaffrey had taken the job for a while. He's transferred to to Louisville. They lose. Uh, they lost J.D. Spielman a couple years ago. They've just got guys. They they lost uh, Kurt Warner. Son transferred out. Cade Warner. They lose. Uh, I don't know what it is about Scott Frost and Nebraska, but they. Uh, Wandale Robinson, another big transfer. That he went on to Kentucky. They've lost key players who were big recruits. And uh, I don't know what the problem is. And Foster's, or excuse me, Frost, Scott Frost. Scott Foster's the terrible NBA referee. Um, <laughs> Scott Frost is the terrible Nebraska coach. He's in his moving into his fourth season, 12 and 20. I'm shocked he's still there but i think uh it's just the, the 
state of their program at this point. You know, they want they there's no expectation to make a quick turnaround. So I feel like they went hard after him. He played there. He was successful at UCF, but uh, and now they want to give him a chance. But he can't hold on to his own recruits. Right, and and there again, you know. You look at it, Martinez was kind of the guy last year. I believe he even led them in rushing. Now, they only played seven or eight games last year, but, you know, it's they've got to get more. Um, they weren't terrible last year defensively. They were young. So we'll see how it kind of transfers out uh, or – pans out this year because they're expecting to take another step forward but I just I mean the offense has got to start doing something yeah Martinez has to I mean when Martinez was a freshman I think people thought with Frost there and seeing what Frost had done at UCF that Martinez would be an, an a riser and instead he his uh, pro, his uh, progression like stagnated his growth as a passer stagnated he's still dangerous runner he fumbles way too much he's got to work on ball security he's got to be a more accurate passer it's simple as that they've got a game against oklahoma this year week three and that is bringing back the old rivalry that we used to see all the every year back in the old big what was it wasn't it the big eight back then or was it big eight yeah then big 12 but yeah that was a big rivalry every single year i remember that game watching as a kid um, back in the 1800s and you know getting to see that again now is going to be a treat Purdue quarterback competition like a lot of these schools uh, they've got a couple and, guys and on offense a, yeah it's only a quarterback competition because neither one was good last year <laughs> but they do have a couple of, of good looking um, offensive skill players in David Bell and Xander Horvath who's their fullback slash running back. Uh, Bell is the, is the uh, no doubt number one receiver now that Rondell Moore is gone. But a lot of people think Bell was the better prospect to begin with. So some guys there at Purdue, um, they're definitely not expected to be good, though. Athlon's got them at five and seven. Uh, Illinois, what's the most we can say about them is they have a new head coach and Brett Bielema, old friend of the Big Ten, he's back. And, and, and I was a Bielema fan at Wisconsin. So yeah, and he's uh, I, he, he I got the offensive line the... going at, at that school, and he's got some offensive linemen, veteran offensive linemen to work with at, at Illinois. So we'll see. Yeah. Going back real quick to Purdue, just one thing I wanted to say, which is insane, is they – truly do believe running backs don't matter if they ran the ball 100, 150 times in six games last year. So Yeah, and Horvath was the, was the lead guy. But I did see a yeah. game where he had uh, over 20 carries. So, I don't know. <laughs> that was one of their wins, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, but yeah, uh, Illinois, Brandon Peters is back for his third season since he transferred to Illinois as a graduate so he he went to Michigan he graduated he transferred to Illinois and now he's going into his third season at Illinois so this guy is truly Van Wilder in football gear 
I mean, there's no, this guy has been around forever. I think he might be yeah. the most seasoned college football player that is suiting up this year in 2021. So that's a wrap on the Big Ten. Uh, Ohio State is going to win it again this year, I think, even with a new quarterback. But there are yeah, some interesting players. Even, that's not even a hot take. Like, that's, it, it, no. it's just, it's such a bad division, man. Yeah, I mean, Indiana has it. Indiana appears to be the the program on the rise. I still think Penn State's always going to be tough because James Franklin can recruit. Um, He just can't beat Ohio State. He just hasn't been able to do that. Um, And Michigan just, I mean, they're they're staggering to the finish line of the Jim Harbaugh era. And nobody knows what they're going to do next because Harbaugh was their big get. So, I don't know. Uh, I'm excited for for Big Ten season, as always, but I know that a lot of casual um, college football fans really don't like watching the Big Ten at all if Ohio State's not involved or if it's not a primetime game with, with, you know, Wisconsin or one of these other – Penn State or one of these other bigger schools. So we'll see see how it goes. uh, Did you have any hot takes this week? Yeah, I got the one. Um, It – Came from Seth Galina of Pro Football Focus. Ah, uh, yes. And uh, that's a good one. He stated, "One could argue that Spencer Rattler is the most impressive athlete Riley has coached at the position, being the quarterback." Um, <laughs> look, here's the thing, and call me a homer, that's fine. But Kyler Murray is literally the only athlete in the history of football and baseball to be drafted in the first round of each sport. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's literally the most impressive athlete that Lincoln Riley will probably ever coach at Oklahoma. If you want to say Spencer Rattler has the tools to be the best quarterback, um, what I, I don't care. But it was inter- it's an interesting hot take when you look at the fact that uh, Kyler Murray was literally there three years ago, winning a Heisman in his first season as a starter, right after being drafted in the top ten of the Major League Baseball draft. Like, did they did Galena forget that happened, or I, I maybe he's like thinking of the uh, top quarterback or the top athlete or quarterback that uh, Riley has ever recruited. Because Kyler Murray was originally at Texas A&M before going over to Oklahoma and transferring. So maybe, I mean, you could maybe make that, that line of reasoning. But that's not what he said. And this guy, he's a, he's a hot take wizard. I mean, he's famous for, I mean, he's Twitter famous for saying uh, Justin Herbert can't play but, uh, a couple of drafts ago. He said he can't <laughs> play. <laughs> you know, and... Uh, it's there's a there's a Reddit thread that says this is that there's a there's Reddit threads about him saying that you know about him saying Justin Herbert can't play, so um, obviously Herbert was the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year and set a rookie record for touchdown passes. Um, he was never my favorite prospect, but I never would have I never would have uh, put myself out there saying something like he can't play. Um, but you know, I don't know. It's, we, we get a lot of mileage out of PFF people. It seems like. 
Yeah, and uh, that'll be it for this week's free episode. We appreciate you listening as always. Again, apologies for anything that's a little sound deficit. Um, like I said, just jokingly but not jokingly, my computer literally didn't turn on when I went to start the show today, so had to improvise and record um, via Bluetooth connection to my phone. So not the best way to do it, but got to get got to get these takes off right like yeah what's the point of having uh, a cell phone if i'm not getting these takes off for for long time listeners it's a nice throwback to to the to our our old show where we frequently <laughs> had issues like that including uh, we had a guest on once who was out camping and you could hear crickets and other type of wildlife in the background so uh certainly as far as our sound issues go this probably ranks probably not even in the top five but uh if you want to contribute to better sound, you can always subscribe to our Patreon for just the low, low price of $2 per month. Uh, but we appreciate all of you. Uh, just click subscribe. Give us a five-star review if you like the show. We're going to keep cranking them out. We're keeping forward with the uh, College Football Conference preview, so we hope you tune in and listen next week as well. We'll probably do what? The Big 12? Maybe the ACC. We'll figure it out. SEC was last week, so go check that one out if you haven't already. And until next time, we will see you soon. Have a good night, everybody. What do you guys think for the outro for now? Um, I mean, I don't know yet. We'd pro- we might be able to record something. We can, for now, we could do, um,